Hello and welcome to the BG Podcast. My name is AJ Bingham, CEO of Bingham Group. We have with us today Nico Ramsey, who will be talking with us about youth engagement um, and just civic engagement, honestly, in the political scene in Austin. Nico recently has come off of the Proposition F campaign. He is with a group called Austin for All People that was opposing Prop F. Um, and it was one of the main folks out in front uh, this last year leading up through the election, um, speaking you know, about, about APA's position on it. We have, him on, we have him on the show today, really just to talk about his, his overall views on civic participation. Nico is 26, relatively young for, I think, for someone in the role he had this last year. Uh, and someone who we, you know, me personally, just and uh, I think the firm as well as we're looking at is definitely a future leader in this city. Uh, love him or hate him, he's someone to watch for. So with that, I want to welcome Nico to the show. And uh, Nico, how, how are you doing? You know, uh, doing pretty well. I took a trip out to Seattle to relax. I think one thing I've really taken out of when I do these campaigns is to give some time to, you know, come down from it. Mm-hmm. Um, because no matter, especially in local politics, everything can always seem like everything's happening. So, you know, 100, 100, 100 every five seconds. Oh, I know, I know. Yeah, so yeah, let's talk about that. You know, I think we first connected, I mean, we, our paths across a few years ago, but I think more directly we connected during the, uh, when you were chairing the HRC Gala in 2018, 2019? 2020, I know. 2020? <laughs> oh, it was, okay, it was, yeah, it was, it was fall of 2020, right? Uh, or spring 2020. Winter, spring of 2020. Yeah, because it was, it was, it was well ahead of time where, we were, I remember going to that event where it was a packed house and everything else too, but. I think we connected there prior to all that, just as in the ramp up to it with fundraising. And I think we bought a table, the firm bought a table for that event. And we connected there and, you know, I, uh, I started, I, I saw your name when APA launched and was interested in just, what, you know, what your role in that was. And, you know, more so as being so, you know, your very prominent role, front-facing role in that intrigued me just as a brother in the city, whether you were for or against an issue. Um, so we wanted to connect on that. But just how did you get involved with the issue? And this isn't like it's not. I mean, it, you know, for those who don't follow Austin politics, Proposition F was 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 defeated um, last week, um, last Saturday, May first. This was a proposition that would have moved Austin uh, from a council manager form of government to a strong mayor form of government, where the city manager, who currently is a CEO of Austin, Spencer Crunk, would have been removed from office um, in the next election cycle for mayor. And the mayor's office would have assumed the roles of city manager, have come off the dot, come off the dais, and um, then imbued with true executive power. Um, so that was the background on, on that issue. The, the, it was um, uh, the numbers. I think it was what eighty four percent voted against Prop F or ish or so. Um, but it went down. So regardless, though, I think you know there are other there are issues continuing the city Prop B passed everything else. And Nico, though, I wanted to just get your take on you know, how you got involved with, with with the issue. Not so much why you got involved, but just how you got involved. Why, why it would matter too. Sure. Well, um, I think one thing is uh, to note is that my work that I do vol- in volunteering uh, directly focuses on systems. So how do things work? Uh, my experience with United Way for Greater Austin, which focuses on the system of ending the cycle of poverty. Um, I work with Vivint Health, that focuses on the system at which people can get access to healthcare. So um, my involvement, uh, it, you know, it's not too far off as where my main focus is um, in life. So uh, 
full disclosure, Kristen Markham, who was a part of the PR firm um, that helped our group uh, with the campaign messaging and um, getting the word out there, reached out to me because of you know just that. And I just moved to Austin right around when our current form of government, 10-1, um, was coming to be. And I saw how hard people fought for it. Not just how hard, but the diverse voices. I mean, it's not people that you would ever see really featured in the Statesman or the Chronicle. These are people that were of just the community and cared about it. And so when I heard this was happening, I felt that when we talk about equitable power and equitable distribution of visibility in the city, that a consolidation of power into one individual uh, just wasn't the way. So uh, in most cases, it felt very organic for me to be involved and to make sure that, you know, no matter what narrative was being spread around, that there was at least more than just one voice uh, that was uh, going toward Proposition One. Very good. So um, we're through this cycle and uh, you're getting some R&R time. And, you know, what's what's ahead for, for Nico Ramsey? I mean, I'm sure this isn't your, this won't be your only rodeo. <laughs> no, um, actually. So uh, the group Awesome for All People built one of, if not the largest coalition of voices uh, spanning from progressive to conservative, labor to business. And it rallied behind this one proposition. So what it showed was this city can work together. Um, and so what's next is uh, I've actually been invited to uh, kind of be, can become, not become, sustain my leadership with the group Austin for All People. And we are going to be um, more active within local issues and making sure people know exactly uh, what they're getting and not just from one particular party, but from all parties, because one thing that has made Austin uh, so strong, and I know you know this, AJ, especially in the work that you do, is that more times than not, we agree. But at which we get there, you know, we, we need to take down these uh, just he said, she said, and focus on the actual uh, system at hand. I mean, so often we want to put faces to community issues. Um, you know, what we've learned is that that doesn't push the needle forward. And that doesn't mean going far left or far right, but to push the needle forward means what's best for the actual community. So I'm excited um, in the near future to continue that work and continue the conversation uh, beyond Proposition Act. Do you all have any, you know, this is really early on, this is really a week out from the campaign or from the elect, from election day rather, are there any uh, issues looming or in the near term, you know, in the rest of 2020, 20, sorry, 2021 that you would see the group uh, tackling or... Or not, you know, I, or you TBD, know, which, which is, which is, I can understand that because it was still, again, we're a week out from election day, a week, a week, yeah. a, I mean, I'm sorry, a week past election day. So, uh, you know, I think honestly, I can't, I don't have any real hard details just yet, but we can definitely follow up in a couple months. Cause I know that we're going to be having a meeting, uh, come June with a lot of people kind of building out the, the rest of the leadership. Mm -hmm. Um, but I definitely can see us. I mean, Looking at the, the the key issues of our city, when we talk about you know homelessness, transportation, um, density in our city, I mean things that we hope. I mean, you and I, we pay attention to this because uh, we're in this world. But how do we make somebody that isn't into awesome politics understand awesome politics and make a decision that they feel uh, is best for our community? And I think that uh, no matter what the issue is, that's again the main goal. Um, and if we can bring two parties into a room to sit down 
um, and speak, which I know is like the ideal goal of a lot of organizations, but to truly be nonpartisan, which should be city politics. Um, should be. We'll see. I wish I well. Yeah, on that should never. be. Exactly. I mean, I think it, so it is I mean, worthy. I think it's worthy never of your time to try. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, but at the, also at the end of the day, there are things that are, I mean, again, this is, this maybe is where the parsing, there are things that are morally right and morally wrong. I mean, you can't disagree that someone needs uh, equitable access to healthcare. I mean, when to fight for more healthcare, like hospitals on the east side, that shouldn't be partisan. You know, just like you, we should have places um, where we can come together and agree that basic pillars um, of what, what are necessities of someone's life isn't partisan. So again, I get big, big endeavor, but I believe that we can do it. Yeah, man. And, uh, you know, do you, you, do you see, see yourself uh, running for office one day? One, one day, you know, what do you think? Yeah. yeah. You know, when it's right, it will feel right and I'll do it. Uh, but right now, I mean, I think, I think one should never run for office just to run. I think that is something that so many people do, but they, when you find, when you try to find out the why, uh, it should be because you want to be a, a true public servant. And especially when you're coming to a city, like the, the one office I would seek in the media would be city council. And, you know, being around this space for a while, I see and have had conversations with people that, you know, seem to have the best intent, but then it becomes this just grab for power because they don't want to do the work. And I encourage anyone that wants to run for office to get in the trenches before you do. I mean, truly volunteer your time and figure out exactly why you want to do this. And if you, if you can't handle um, the, you know, the hopes and wants of people and that, that for some reason makes you distraught and you just thought this would be a, a walk in the park. I mean, so you know, yeah. when it's right, it's right. And when that is, we'll see. No, very good answer. Very good answer. Um, and then just again, broadly, right. You, cause you've been in Austin, secured Austin, what you're 22. Oh, 19. 19. Okay. 19. So, you know, again, you, you really first got on my radar when you were chairing the HRC gala. And then again, for those who are aware, that's the human rights campaign gala, which is one of, I think one of the, I've been around this circuit for a bit, probably one of the larger, uh, you know, costlier events, both in terms of tickets, tables, and then just putting it up production. And, you know, you, you chair or co-chairing that, chairing your co, I can't remember, you being a prominent chair or co-chair that event was not a, uh, a year, a year age, <laughs> right, is a very, you know, high accomplishment. Because um, that, that doesn't happen a lot in Austin, you know, regardless of colors, you know, age-wise, you don't see a lot of that. And then also, I think it was one of the most, they're not the most profitable, Right, it a lot was, of different ones. Yeah, we, What's we, most profitable? It was, uh, and we outraised, uh, which I'll bring, I mean, we have mad love for New York and LA, but it is pretty cool to, uh, you know, perform and put on uh, a fundraiser that is, you know, the, that was the most lucrative out of the whole entire country. I mean, and to, to know, I mean, and far beyond just me, but it speaks to the true generosity of our city. Mm -hmm. I mean, and that's, the, I think that is what, gives me the pause. I mean, yeah, okay, I can pull some, I can pull a thousand plus people into a room. Yeah, we can throw on some like something, we can put together some good graphics. But at the end of the day, when when we really, as long as our message is is true and pure, the heart of our city 
the generosity is there. And I think that is something that is so, uh, really it is unique to Austin. I mean, we've had some hard times, especially this past year, mm-hmm. but looking at how we just come together as a city, um, and I, and I, and I, I want to, what was that one fundraiser? Maybe you can help me. It was like, is it Altogether ATX? Yes. That was a fund by United Way for Greater Austin and Foundation Communities. And um, watching that process, and I was a little bit involved on the back end, but truly seeing how we were able to take millions of dollars three times during a pandemic and spread that out equitably to nonprofits. I mean, when other cities are truly, you know, hurting we are rallying to come together and, and that is i think that is the true story of austin at, at, at its core and then you know for the for again there, we have so many young folks moving to austin i mean i can't I, I grew up here but i came back to town after undergrad law school uh when i was 20 i just turned 25 right and the city at that point it, you know i was, had been away for almost eight years it changed so much and even though i was from here just getting, I remember, you know, I think we talked about this before offline, just, I remember distinctly going to some events and not knowing anyone and feeling like, how am I going to make friends here? Which is funny people know, know me now because it's kind of the opposite. It's like, uh, <laughs> I know too many people, but it's like, you know, you walk in these rooms, you know, and more so as being, when I call, when I call Nico our brother, we're not brother, we're not related, we're both, we're both black, just to be clear, clear. but it, that is a layer too, you know, you, you just how, so what was your story with your path? I mean, how did you get, you came here 19 and how are you chairing one of the preeminent galas in the city at 23 or 24? Well, um, I'll get into the details, but the overall message is that I took an investment into people and the city. And the way I did that was um, I first started off as just a, uh, as far as HRC goes, I was volunteering my time as a phone banking and canvassing and doing their political work. They got rallied into being in their community, other uh, committee for their gala years before I ever chaired it, like two years. Um, and I was a table captain coacher. So I was in charge of going out into the community and getting people to show up. And so in addition to my job, which for those of you who don't know, I'm a director of community relations. So I give out the corporate money from my uh, from Velocity Credit Union. And I also go to these different fundraisers. So um, being in those spaces and being personable and actually listening to what people enjoy about our community and, and what they care about, and then connecting them to these causes. So, you know, over time, people start to associate you with the things that they either do or they give to. And that is by, because you have shown a generous interest in them and they have like, uh, you have um, heard, like listened to them. When someone feels listened, let me tell you, that is how you grow relationships. So many people just want to talk at people, um, but not truly listen. And I mean, I really attribute my, my ability to navigate these circles is because I, I do listen. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, there's no secret. And I know AJ, you and I have talked about this a number of times. There's, I can't give someone a roadmap of like, talk to this person, be here at this time and be here, you know, at this location. Um, Going to events helps, you know, but taking a genuine interest into people is the secret sauce and that's different for everybody. So, uh, you know, like, and and, and to any young person listening, like I would also encourage is that don't get sold a bill of goods when someone tells you, oh, just 
if someone does give you a roadmap because that roadmap is particular to that person. Yeah. And um, just be intentional. And that's how you grow relationships in the city. I would say one uniform thing though, is the follow up. If you follow up, I mean, and sometimes, I mean, I've been, I was on the opposite side of these things, right. Where I'm like, damn man, Nico, I'm trying to reach out to him. I pinged him three times already. I feel like a stalker. And you don't realize how busy, you know, when you're starting your career off, you most likely have a lot more time in your hands. And then the older you get, the more involved you are with different, you know, you know, and interests and everything else beyond beyond your company, you realize, oh wow, I I'll wake up from that morning. It's like, dude, I haven't responded back to that person in like two weeks. Oh, you know, like I feel bad. I'm like, yo, I'm sorry. And I I understand it more now, but the follow-ups help a lot. Respectful follow-ups and recognizing those folks you're trying to, you know, network with who maybe a few years ahead of your career or, or multiple years, you know, decade or more in their career may have a lot more things going on family and otherwise. And so just, but following up, I mean, I do that for a living now, right? It's my, that's mo- most of the lobby is just fought with people paying and everything else. And you get, you get, if you're consistent with that, um, beyond the things Nico said, just listening um, and volunteering, showing up, I think too, with vol- you volunteering in the city, you know, figuring out one of the things I did was just try to, you know, went to a different, a lot of different events and groups and try different things. Mm-hmm. And was willing to go alone. That was that was a tough thing. If you're from here, and you, have, I had my friends from high school. You know, they went to UT. I had, I had a network already here. It just wasn't for me. It wasn't the path, and not in a bad way. It was just I had a, a, a lane or a path that I wanted to pursue. That no one that I at that time grew up with was wanted to pursue. The weird, the funny thing, not weird thing. The funny thing is there are people that I've known for like you know since high school or longer who are paths to have come back align in alignment, right? With different boards run. Um, but it's just at that time at 25, even while I was on, you know, West 6th Street or anything else, I recognized I'm reading Tribeza or like uh, used to be some other other glossy magazines around and seeing these black tie events. I was like, I gotta be one of those one day. Oh, I don't man. I don't know how I'm gonna do it, but I think this is probably at a certain point, if we're gonna be out partying or anything else, this seems where I should probably be. And then I don't know how to get there. I don't know how to have tux, but we're gonna figure it out. This is details. For sure. And it's funny, you know, I, I can remember my time. I mean, before I chaired the HRC gala, when I was being like a table captain coach or recruiting people, I had never been to a gala in my life. And I remember going into Nordstrom and um, her name was Yvonne Barron. And she sold me my first pair of tux shoes up at Nordstrom Domain. And it's one of those moments that you just, you know, you can feel that shift when you put on like your first event and you go and you're in this room with people who seem to know each other for, you know, decades and decades, at least mm-hmm. how they act. There is this draw to community because one, they're here for a particular cause. That's already a good sign. So, you know, they at least care about something besides themselves. And two, when you start going to these events, you realize it's like a traveling, and I say this in the most nice way, it's like a traveling circus. It's like, you know, you're like, oh, we're, then it's like, you start realizing it's like the same group of people. It's it, a it circuit, man, it's a black tie circuit. It is, and you know, uh, what? A, I can't think of a better group to be a part of because these are the people that literally can shift and make the change um, that we look for 
in this city. And if you can put minds together that care about something besides themselves, magic is going to happen. It's inevitable. Yeah. That man, you can just get a lot more meetings done. You know, it, it, meetings or interactions done that might take you months to do in one place. Mm -hmm. Right. Where that's, I mean, it was funny because I, you know, prior to the quarantine, there were so many events you know, that I was doing that I realized I saw people, I, there's people I saw more regularly at these things that I did like in the world, you know, in the, <laughs> in the world, if you will. But it was just go, like, oh, yeah, I saw you last week at this thing. And the shift for me, man, I'll tell you the real shift was when, was when I had to be a second tux and not like in a flex way, but I was like, I'm wearing one, I'm going to wear the pants out of this one if I don't, you know, have a, a refresher. Right. And yeah. um, so I upgraded and got the, mid the midnight blue, which is, uh, yeah, try some, some slippers too, man. Yeah, no. And slippers. speaking of your fits, I saw the one that you were wearing with the League of Rebels, you know, the purple one. Oh, yeah, that yeah. Dude, the custom. Wow. Yeah. Very yeah. So nice. shout, out to, shout out to League of Rebels. Uh, you have tuxes on Second Street, uh, downtown Austin. All right, Nico Ramsey, thank you for your time. Uh, looking forward to all the great things you have ahead of you, man. And hope I know our, our paths will align in some of that work in the community or in business or in politics as well. But thank you for your time. My pleasure. Thank you for having me.